0: And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to start the conversation with, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. What do I mean by that? You have been lied to, misrepresented, left in the dark, played with, toyed with, manipulated into making bad financial decisions your entire life. Who has done this to you? It's people as close to you as your parents, your best friends. It's as close as your financial planner, your attorney, and your CPA. It's as far away as the U.S. government your educational institutions. In other words, it's a giant conspiracy to keep you from ever retiring, from ever being financially, totally financially secure. Now, none of those people would ever admit to that. And quite honestly, many of them probably don't even know that they're doing that to you. They may not even know they're lying because they've been lied to themselves, yet they perpetuate the lie for one of two reasons. One, because they know no better, the blind leading the blind, or two, because they don't want you to find out the truth about how financially free you could be in a very short period of time, how rich you could be over a longer period of time. Because they weren't willing to do it. And because they weren't willing to do it and didn't do it, they don't want you to do it. That's where we're at. Now, what are we talking about here? Well, I've been doing this since September of 1990. I've been teaching people. I wrote a a course way back in September of 1990 that said that you should be able to retire in five to seven years. And I came up with that five to seven because, really... I retired in two and a half years. Working at a health club, I made enough money to buy in two and a half years enough real estate to be able to totally replace my income. In fact, I made double what I was making in my um, earned income years in my passive within two and a half years of investing in real estate. Gone on to make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And retired two and a half years. So you say, Dell, why did you write an article about five to seven years? And the reason is because I was being conservative. Knowing that even though I only worked at a health club and only made about $3,500 a month take-home pay, which was $70,000 a year gross, I knew that I lived on next to nothing, saved a lot of money. So I had some money. I was able to start with money in the bank and start with good credit, and I didn't have any of the challenges that many people have, had no, very little overhead. I was single. I could get on it, and as I got excited about it, I had the time and the energy and the money to push it to get ahead. So I said, well, let's just take it at its basic level. You go out there and you save enough money to buy one house. And then that savings plus that house's income for a year allows you to buy another house. And then that saving plus that income allows you to buy another house. And pretty soon that saving plus that income allows you to buy two houses that year, then three houses that year, then four houses that year. And I came up with the fact that you should be able to retire depending on how much income you needed between five to seven years. Never did I take into account in those articulations or estimations, never did I take into account people coming to me that already had $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 in the bank. They could immediately invest that kind of money. Because the concept was based on basically one thing, cash flow. What I didn't take into account when I first began, because I didn't know it yet, is that there's more money to be made on capital gains than there is on cash flow. But when you're trying to retire, cash flow is it. I remember when I first started teaching and I preached cash flow all the time, a lady made me a shirt, brought it to me. It said, it's the cash flow, stupid. What does it take to retire? Cash flow, stupid. You know, what is it going to take for you to live the rest of your life? Cash flow, stupid. It's cash flow. But what I didn't understand or articulate very well when I first started teaching was the fact that, yeah, you can make massive capital gains because I hadn't made them yet. Whether or not I had, I probably actually had made them, but I didn't make them realized because I wasn't in the mindset that I was going to sell these things. It wasn't until somebody showed me that I could refinance stuff and pull money out that it made sense. And it wasn't until I saw small apartment complex units being very, very effective that I sold my single family houses off and gave up that income to pick up income from apartment complexes. So it took me some years to develop the full picture of what we do here. But I wrote it for five to seven years, meaning no American Or other person in this world that can get to an investment scenario close like what we have here in the U.S. Or just come here and invest or invest from other countries here, which I've seen all of those happen. There's no one that should not be able to replace their earned income within five to seven years. Now, I have to tell you that since September of 1990, when I started teaching. I have found that the average is more like three or four years. Most people are bragging that they did it. They beat me. David Fisher brags all the time. You know, Dell took him two and a half years. I did it in two years. So there's this rush to be the first guy that did it. I've seen people do it in one year. I've seen people do it in 18 months. But the average, I think, and by the way, there's no, I've not gone out and, and done an extensive survey on this. This is just my gut feeling. My gut feeling is people coming back to me somewhere between three and four years and saying they retired. And generally, I'll say that the three to four years part is probably because they didn't figure out what they wanted to do in the first six months to a year. They kind of hesitantly stuck their toe in the water. And then once they started to feel that they could swim, then they swam downstream and moved very quickly. Sometimes people would get in the water and swim upstream, do the wrong thing. Say, I'm in real estate, but I won't do what Dell said to do. That's a very common statement. Because I don't like the way he's doing I think it's better if you do it this way. But why? Because I listened to Dave Del Dotto, Robert Allen, Jeff McCone, Tommy Vu, the Milans, Carlin Sheets, Robert Kiyosaki, or Donald Trump. Somebody else, some other guru wizard told them something that made them want to try to go for flipping and wholesaling and instantaneous, gratificationally diseased approaches to business. And I'm just not about that. I'm about building businesses. Building streams of income. And hence, those streams of income tag on something called capital gains. In other words, you buy low, you've got this equity, but we're not taking it. You have appreciation, we've got that equity, we've got that appreciation and additional equity, we're not taking it. We're just living off the cash flow. Now, in the real world, the lie that they tell you is is the way you get there is you have a pile of money. You save up enough money and then you pull 4 or 5% of that money out each year uh, to live off of. And uh, hopefully, the pile doesn't go down or doesn't go down too fast. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you're going to put together enough income, streams of income, that you will not touch the asset base at all, and you will continue to live off of the cash flow year to year to year. In the meantime, the asset base will grow from appreciation, mortgage reduction, and you will be able to, through refinance, cash-out refinance, which is not taxable, or 1031 tax-free exchange, recapture the capital appreciation that's in these properties and go and buy more properties and then be able to have more income. So, in other words, once you hit this point where you have enough income to live off of, you would think that you would just live at that same level, but you don't. Your personal income continues to go up year after year after year for the rest of your life, which is a really weird thing as you get older, from like myself. Let's say I make 10 times what I live on. And so I don't have to make that much, but still I'm growing my income and I'm growing it faster now than I grew it when I was younger and the beginning of my wealth building phase. Because now I have way more money that I don't need to put into new investments that create way more income that I don't need. You say, well, Dell, why don't I become a Democrat and tax it all away from you? It doesn't matter if you tax it all away from Republicans. And I'm not a Republican, by the way, but you tax it all away from producers. Producers will just find another way to produce more. And, you know, you're still going to have none because it's going to go all to the government and government agencies and all the political people. So that's not the solution. The solution is for you to learn how to do what we're doing. That's the key factor. So the first really big lie that they taught you was the best way to get there was a 401k. And you have to first understand what a 401k is. It is The leftover program from a failed, broken pension plan world. I have two uncles and one aunt. They're all teachers and professors. They're all retired right now and living just fine and happy lives on teacher pension plans. They get paid every month for the rest of their life. They also have spouses which get Social Security. So they have a really nice life. They didn't have to go out and figure out how to pile their beans up high so they could live off their beans. They just had a pension. Well, when they decided the pensions weren't working and that they were breaking private businesses, and by the way, you don't break the federal government because they'll just print more money. You don't break state and local governments, although some of those do break, a lot of those pensions do go bust, by the way. But for federal government employees, the bottom line is the government just prints more money. But for businesses, they can't just print more money. And when that pension plan got to the point where it just couldn't be sustained. So what did they do? They said, we've got to figure out something where we can make people think there's still a retirement plan in place, even though there isn't. And they came up with a thing called a 401k. And the concept of a 401k is this. If you, Mr. and Mrs. American, will save your money and put it in this 401k, we will do this for you. Number one, we will still tax you for Social Security and Medicare on that money. You're not getting out of that. We need that money, okay? But we will not tax you on income taxes on that money until you take it out and use it. Well, you realize, guys, that would be like me saying to you, I'm not going to pay you your paycheck, Bob, because I'm saving for your retirement. Here's what I'm going to do, Bob. I'm going to take what I was going to give you. I'm going to tax you Social Security and Medicare taxes on it. And then I'm going to stick it over here, and I'm going to set it aside for you. And hopefully, it will grow. We'll put it in some kind of investment. We'll hope it will grow. Whether it does or not, that's your risk. Not mine as the employer, your risk. So, I really have nothing to risk. I've already paid my share of the taxes coming out of it. That's the employer. I've paid part of your taxes coming out of it. That's the other side of Social Security and Medicare. And then what's left over, we're sticking an account over here for you called a 401k. Now, what I will do, to get out of the fact that I promised everybody in my company pensions is that I will do a match. So if you save $100, I'll give you $5. I'll match 5%. And a lot of people said, wow, that's cool. That's free money. I'll take that. But what they don't understand is that they never got the $5. It went into the fund with the $100 of which they never got. So starting right away That kind of savings compared to saving yourself, if you would take that money out and put it in some kind of an investment, you would be earning income, and that income would be going back in your pocket, so you would have more money to continue to invest in. You would have more money to live off of. You would have more money to have a better life, but you don't. It's in this blank, hidden account somewhere, controlled by and managed by people you've never met. Now, how did they get you to agree to this? Well, they came up with all kinds of articulation tables that said, look, actuarial tables, I think is a better word for it. They said, look, if you don't have to pay taxes on that money, you have more money to put into the 401k. And the more money that's in there, you should conceivably earn more income from that more money. Problem is, it didn't work. In fact, Vanguard, a very well-known mutual fund company, did a research to find out how well the average and the median person did with their 401k compared to people just putting their money into Vanguard. Now, understand what the difference is. An average is everybody. People making millions and millions of dollars and those people making next to nothing. And when you average millions and millions onto even millions of people making a little bit, the average goes way up. We'll be right back with the Del Wombley Radio Show. There is a dream killer here somewhere today. You're gonna run into somebody that's gonna tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is gonna tell you it doesn't work because you're the wrong race, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other. And this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor People can't, and if you believe that, they've won. But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers? Start winning today with the Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years, and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. If you're just tuning in, we're uh, discussing the lie of the 401k and how ineffective it is. We just started getting into, in the last segment, uh, an article put out by Vanguard where they're comparing the fact of the average and median earnings are inside of a 401k over the years compared to what people just putting their money in the Vanguard accounts would earn, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So if you look at this, Vanguard says from age 22 to 25, the average amount of savings is $5,000. 54.19, and the median is 18.17. If you go out here, though, to people outside of 401k that just invest because they are personally investing, the uh, average is 24,000 compared to five and 10,000 compared to one. So it's not even close. Now, if you go up to 25 to 34 years of age bracket, You've got the 401k people, the average being 26,000 is the high, and the median being 10,000 as the median. If you go to the average person, you've got 87,000 for the average compared to 26,000, and 42,000 compared to 10,000, which is the median. Four times as much by putting your money in a Vanguard account than putting it in a 401k. Now, doesn't that prove to be a lie? Does it happen all the way up? Let's go to 45 to 54. At 45 to 54, the average in a 401k is 135,000, and the median, which is halfway, half the people have only 46,000. If you go up to Vanguard, 443,000 is the average compared to 135, and 211 compared to 46. I think this is pretty obvious truth that the 401k is a lie. It is not the fastest way to save money for your savings. Not even close. Let's go on up to 55 to 64, which is the retirement age, and you'll find that the 401k has an average of 216000 and a median of only 64000 So 50% of the people have less than $64,000 in their 401k by the time they're 65. Compared to the average person that has their money out there invested Earning five hundred ninety-one thousand balance. That's their balance, not their earnings. That's their savings and earnings. And the median is two hundred seventy-seven. So two hundred seventy-seven compared to sixty-four for the median. Even the average is much higher. So you understand it's not even close. Not even close to being more effective to be in a four hundred one k than it is to be outside of a four hundred one k. Now let's take those numbers, right? And let's take them and play with them for a second. Let's say, for instance, you take this number outside, this median number, and you come to me at 35 years of age, and you've got $111,000. That's at 35 years of age, 35 to 44, somewhere in that bracket, you've got $111,000. Now let's go back to my chart. In two years, that could be $200,000. In two more years, that would be $400,000. In two more years that would be eight hundred thousand. In two more years that would be one million six. In two more years, which would be ten years, it'd be three million two hundred thousand dollars. Well wait, Dell. That ten thousand by retirement's now three million two compared to one hundred and thirty-eight in the Vanguard account, compared to sixty-four thousand in the four hundred one K. Let me repeat that. Three million two hundred thousand compared to 138,000 in Vanguard and 64,000. Now, this is just hypothetical. You understand that. But I've seen people come to lifestyles with a couple hundred thousand bucks in the bank and within a few years have a million. And of course, if they aggressively invest that a million, they make 2 million. Now, I'm going to bring another point to you. This is one that I don't think anybody brings up except really, really rich people. I heard Warren Buffett bring it up one time. He he was very good to articulate this. He said, do you understand? It's so much easier to make a high rate of return on a small amount of money. Let me give you an example. If I take a dollar, it's simple to go out there and earn another dollar and make it $2. Very simple. You take a million, though, and go out and earn another million with that million, that's much more difficult. Why is that? Because the type of investment deals that are out there, like when I bought my first rental house, I bought it for $25,000. I put 2500 down. Got $500 back from the tenant, so I only had out-of-pocket $2,000. And I was making $220 a month, which was times 12, was $2,600 a year on a $2,000 investment. That's 135% return on cash flow. Now, I sold that house for $50,000. I had $2,000 in it. So that is what rate of return gain? From twenty five dollars to fifty dollars is $25,000. On $2,500 originally down... That's a thousand percent rate of return. Now, that was very simple. I did 10 of those in a row. Actually, I think it was eight in a row. They were simple, they were there, they were just sitting there, pluck them up. But now you've got 10 different major businesses out there buying thousands of houses. You've got, I've been on the radio for 30 years teaching real estate investing. And so other copycats have copied me for 30 years. And now there are real estate investors all over the country sucking these things up. Warren Buffett said it about 15 years ago. He said, if I could figure out a way to manage houses, I would buy every house I could find. Well, these guys, like BlackRock and other big companies, figured out how to buy and hold these houses. And so they're out there now. So now with institutional money chasing real estate, it's not as easy to get those massive returns we used to get. But we're still getting returns between 6 and 10% of cash flow, 30 to 50% of capital gains, 4 to 16% appreciation each year, principal reduction of 3 to 4%, and tax savings of anywhere from 10 to 40% on your tax return. We're still getting massive results compared to what? Compared to the 401k, compared to Vanguard and other mutual funds, we're outpacing them all. Even though we're not doing anywhere near as well as we used to. We're still outpacing everybody else. And so, this is the lie. Are you with me? It is a major lie that you've been told your entire life. Number two major lie you've been told your entire life is buy the largest house you can possibly afford. Get the longest mortgage you can get on it or the shortest mortgage you can afford and pay that mortgage down. And at some point in your future, you will have this massive asset that you bought. The larger the home you can afford is not being bought because it's a better place to live. It's being bought because you have a larger asset. And you're forced to pay it down, so you're really forcing savings. And they're saying you got to get that thing paid off. That's your number one goal in life is to pay that house off because that is your number one largest asset you're going to own. In fact, many people, their homes have more net value to them than their 401k. In fact, I'd say probably most people do have more value in their home than they do in their 401k. So that was the second lie. Well, what's a lie about it, Dell? Well, the lie about it is, number one, you should not increase your cost of living that much. And a home is cost of living increase. It's not an investment. It's a cost of living. And you are increasing your cost of living, which reduces the amount of money you have to invest. Number two, Paying off a mortgage is the worst possible thing you could ever do. Why? Because every dollar that goes towards mortgage reduction is taken away from your ability to invest. And that money you can put in investments is doubling every two to three years. Your home may be going up at 4 to 6% in appreciation, but it's not doubling every two to three years. So it's not a good investment. Your personal residence is a consumption item. I've always looked at my home as an item that you buy to live in, to enjoy, and I consider it lost money. The day I buy the house, it's lost. I don't know how many people have started their their wealth position, growth, after coming to my program by doing the second worst thing you could ever tell your spouse you're going to do, which is we're going to refinance the house and take all the money out of the house. We're going to get that money back out, and we're going to go invest and start building wealth with it. So when people come to my program, they're just almost amazed until they go through the seminar that we're talking about taking out your 401k money and using it and building wealth and becoming rich with it. And we're also talking about taking the money out of your personal residence and building wealth with it and becoming wealthy with it. So what I want you to think about is take all your money and put it in bills, cash. I want you to stick some up in your front right pocket and call it your 401k. Some in your left front pocket, call your IRA. Some in your back right pocket and call your emergency fund, some of your back left pocket and call it your child's college fund. Now you've got all these, oh, you need your, your daily cash flow fund, so you, you can stick that in your upper shirt pocket. Now you've got all this money stuck all over the place. What is any of it doing for you? Nothing. Now think about take money out of two or three of those groups and put it together and go buy an income-producing asset that income producing asset can do all these things cash flow between 6 to 10% capital gains between 30 and 50% appreciation between 4 and 16% principal reduction between 3 and 4 and tax advantages tax deductions of somewhere between 10 to 40% think of that think of the difference in the quality of your life after years of making these changes at first they're scary there's no doubt about it if you've lived with those lies i call it the dave ramsey lie you know Beans and rice, beans and rice, beans and rice. Buy the cheapest car you can possibly buy. Take your lunch money in a, you know, an envelope and safety pin it to your shirt. Live on a budget and starve as a way to get ahead. Well, what that will do is get you out of debt. If you do it and you do it right, you will get out of debt over some period of time. But wouldn't you rather, instead of getting out of debt over some period of time, be rich? Let's think of other lives. You should pay off your student loan. Why? The government is giving you money for free. In fact, right now, they're probably going to forgive all of it. Why would you ever pay it off? It's ridiculous to do so. And if you weren't going to be forgiven, the interest rates on that money are so low and the payment plans are so spread out, you could take all that money you would normally pay, put it into investments. By the time you got done paying that loan off, you'd have million dollars of investments if you did it right. And that's hypothetical because I don't know how much the money is. Let's just say you'd have 10 times more than what the loan is and was for in investments by the time you got done paying that loan off. Instead you pay the loan off, you have nothing. Same thing, Dave Ramsey story the other day, a guy calls in and says, Look, I just got twenty five thousand dollars inheritance. I bought a brand new truck. The twenty five thousand would allow me to pay it off. Should I pay it off? And Dave Ramsey said, Yes, pay it off. I said, no, you're out of your mind. Why would you pay it off? Take the twenty five thousand, go buy a rent house and start making five hundred dollars a month positive cash flow that will pay for the truck. And will capital gains at thirty to fifty percent. Now what you do is realize that when that truck becomes old, five years from now, ten years from now, whenever it does, you're going to want a new truck. But if you pay that truck off, you'll have nothing. That truck is depreciating, and you'll have no income to be able to buy a new truck. But instead, you take that money and you buy that investment, ten years from now, that investment will have doubled two or three times, and you will have probably fifty to 75000 bucks. Take some of that out and buy another truck brand new, if you want, or which smarter, Go buy another truck on payments. And pay the smallest amount you can possibly pay over the next six years. And you realize that these vehicles last about six years or better. And you also realize that the interest rates on these loans are so low, they're practically giving you the money. If you can borrow the money at 2%, 3 4%, and you can go out and earn, like I said, 7 to 10% cash flow, 30 to 50% capital gains, why would you not borrow money and use it to make money. Well, there you go. There's the secret of what we've been talking about the whole day. Real estate allows you to use leverage to get wealthy. None of these other investments you've talked about are using leverage. In fact, they're deleveraging your money. They're creating debt that is against you, not working for you. And so if you continue to live those lies and live the way everybody else does, you're going to end up living like everybody else does. If you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to continue to get what you've got, which means you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to be wealthy. You're never going to be rich. You're not even going to be financially free, and you probably won't even retire. Let's take one last look in the last 30 seconds. The top people in this thing, people that are 65 years of age, average 401k, 216,000, median 401k, 64,000 bucks. Do you really believe at 65 years of age, you can retire with $64,000? That's half the people in the United States. Now, if you take the other half, the average is 216000 Do you really believe you can retire on 216000 And the answer is you can't successfully do that. And so, my friends, you're stuck. If you're stuck believing what you've been taught, you'll be stuck receiving what all of your friends and family have got, which is almost nothing. You may think it's something, but when you compare it to the successes of other people, it's almost nothing. Now more intel from the files of Del Wamsley. I'm looking to put some more investments into my portfolio, so I'm looking around to buy something, right? So I spent the whole day, and it's interesting. I started looking at properties all over the country, and the reason I did that is because I was noticing that the deals, the prices, which would be relevant to the cap rate, cap rate is the rate of return on a deal if you had no mortgage on it. In other words, your income minus your expenses is your net operating income. That's how much money you would take home each and every year if you had no mortgage. But I started noticing the cap rates were much higher in in some other areas than where I live here in Houston, Texas. I started wondering, hmm. Remember, it's not just about having money. It's about an unbelievable, absolutely perfect lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.